Today's podcast is brought to you by Borders. In May, thousands of Harry Potter fans descended upon New Orleans for the Phoenix Rising Conference. Borders and your friendly podcast hosts were there to take in the sights and share a lively discussion of the series that bewitched the world. Listen in and watch the action yourself. Check out the Phoenix Rising Borders Book Club discussion at bordersmedia.com slash Potter. Or click the Borders banner at the top of the podcast page. Welcome, welcome to another... Hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we're always talking, you're always listening, we're always talking, we're Pottercasting, hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we talk about the Harry Potter stuff, yeah, we talk about the Harry Potter stuff, we talk about the Harry Potter. Hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we're always talking, you're always listening. Hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we're always talking, we're Potter casting. What? Oh my. Hello. Wow, St. Louis, St. Peter's, St. Louis, St. Peter's. We just learned how to say Louisville, then we had to leave. That was amazing. Oh my goodness. Loving that the camera crew got that. Anybody got a towel? How did you do that? I don't know. I wish I would have done that. That would have been hilarious. Oh, well, I'm so oh, glad I could entertain you. Oh, it's really all over me. Does anybody have a towel? A napkin, a towel, or something? Oh, you're so hey, nice. Perfect. Thank you. Ah! Oh. Oh. Okay, well, we Well, that are... was the first part of the show. Yes. And this is Pottercast. Live. I don't suppose there's a chance any of you have ever been to one of these before, have you? Probably not. We Probably do most of here. these pre-recorded, but this is our first live mall show, I guess. Yeah. With Borders. Let's go to Which is the awesome. Mall. We have a great setup here behind us. Fox was talking to me earlier. I think he's a little uh, shy now. But, but John and I had a fight over who, over, I thought actually it was going to be a fight over where we got to sit, but John wanted Fox. I well, think this course. is pretty cool myself. It's pretty cool. It's the most elaborate setup we've ever had for a podcast. I'm feeling yeah. a little intimidated. It's pretty cool. Pretty great. Can everybody hear us okay? It's a little, well, just a little hot here. Running a little. Hello? Good? He's okay. trying. Thank you. There Thank you, you to Borders for awesome. all the help. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so welcome. Say, I've heard you guys say it's St. Louis. Is that right? San, Saints, just, just like, Saint. like you think. Saint. Just I don't know Saint. who you've been talking to. At least you guys are like, it's better than um, other cities. You have to okay. have like a hot dog in your mouth to say Louisville. Louisville. I don't know how that works. Okay. But uh, anyway. It is Three days and like four hours from Texas. And if anybody comes up and says, I read on the internet that la la la, you're getting this. Yes. I'm telling you, I'm ready. Now that I, that was just a test, just to, just to see. Be careful, guys. Seriously, you go on the net. Don't go. It's if you awful don't know, on the net. It's awful. Awful. It's gotten really bad. The spoilers for this book. The spoilers are awful. People are just somebody. Somebody tried to actually hack into one of the sites to post it as a news post it earlier happened today. Already, it happened it? on HPNA. HPNA, yeah. yeah. Watch out, guys. My MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Live Journal, 
Bebo, whatever. YouTube. Be careful. Be careful. All that stuff. All right. Well, at every one of our live shows so far, and this is our 18th city on this tour. Is it really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have been trying to find out which city knows their Harry Potter the best, meaning on July 22nd, when we go over the audio, who will have known the most? We have a five-question prediction quiz for you. And since in the past couple of shows we've started to get similar answers, when it comes down to a tiebreaker, we're going to go as to which city is the loudest. So. Yes. I, I thought it was going to be New York, but then Columbus blew it out of the water. So who thinks it's going to be St. Louis? We haven't even asked any questions yet. Okay, well, let's do it. First question. Okay, first question that we asked is about the veil that we found in Order of the Phoenix Department of Mysteries. If any of you guys think... Yes, it is. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to have to speak over the reggae, I guess. Um, If any of you guys think that Harry will be going behind the veil at some point in time in Deathly Hallows... Make some noise here. Okay. And if you guys do not think we will see Harry going behind the veil, you can make some noise here. That's going to be very tough to figure that one out. Hey, here's a question. At what point do we stop asking these questions since there's spoilers out there? It's true. Well, it doesn't sound like anybody well, like here has read the spoilers. Okay, okay. Number, number two. Will Harry be attending classes at his seventh year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry? If you think he will be attending classes, then this book, make your noise now. <laughs> think Harry is done with his formal education? Make noise now. Totally. Everybody loves that one. Yeah, seriously, they get Everybody so into it. Everybody loves that one all figured out. Well, this one might be a little more tricky. The question of whether or not Harry himself or his little scar up there is a horcrux. If you think that Harry is not a horcrux, make your noise here. Good, very good. If we think that Harry or his scar is a horcrux, make some noise here. (laughs) Okay. Our number two question our number two question, aided by hold on a second. We have a little friend over here to help us. We have petrificused him. Oh yeah, I need Fred, don't I? We have we have Fred. Fred's over there. Uh Snappa! Our friend Snappa over here. This is Bree, everybody. Say hi to Bree. She's bringing She's over like the Vanna Fred. She's like Vanna White of Pottercast. Thank you Vanna. very much, Vanna. Okay, we have Fred and Snape. Okay. The, the question is not about Fred, though. It's about Snape. This question is about 
our friend here, who, as you can see, on one side he's evil, and on one side he's good. I don't know if they can see, but those you, are buttons that those say are buttons. good or evil. Um, okay, so, if you think Snape is a very evil man... You think Snape is still working for the Order and Harry? Pretty good. Oh, we have whoops going on. Pretty That's darn new. good. And you guys are in luck because as this is our second to last show before our big release show, our topics today will be about Snape, not about some you know other nonsense about you know treacle tart or whatever. We'll get but, to the um, treacle tarts. We'll get to the treacle tart, probably. Yeah. No, okay. And um, our final question. The big one. The biggest question. Will Harry live or will he die in this book? Speaking over the now louder music. <laughs> if you think that Harry will die in the course of this book, make your noise here. I think I know what's going to happen here. If you think that Harry will live in the course of this book, make your noise. Here. But it felt like the goblet of fire was rumbling. It was very exciting. Yes. I, I thought it was going to throw John's name out there any <laughs> second. Okay. Wow. Wow. That. I don't know. What do you think? Louder than Columbus? Columbus I was hard think. to beat. It's hard to tell. I think we may have better sound in here. But uh, <laughs> a lot more echoes on this tile. This yeah, very I think nice everybody tile. across the mall can hear us. Well, to go back to our second question, our conundrum for the day. Who knows what a canon conundrum is? Yeah. Our canon conundrum is whether Mr. Sever... No, 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 I'm sorry. Since we have today and tomorrow are our last shows before Friday, which, as we know, is the day ever, um, today we will be discussing why Severus Snape is good. Tomorrow we'll be discussing why Severus Snape is evil. So we want, we're going to... We'll, we'll talk about some arguments, some theories. We want your well, theories. Today's good day? I thought today was good day. I've been, I've been reading evil. You I'm were in reading trouble. Evil? Well, we're I got switch. my little cheat sheet here. It's the uh, Great Snape debate. They sell these in Borders. I think Borders wrote this actually. Borders but, itself did not write the book. Yes, yeah, the building. The building picked up a pen. Borders published it. Yes. Anyway, um, you've been reading the evil side. I've been reading the evil side. Then maybe we'll do it today. It'll be Evil Day. Aww. Can you save your new knowledge for tomorrow? I guess I could. Okay, fine. We'll talk John about Red. Good Snape here. Okay. This crowd is too big and too happy to, to, to have them talk about why Snape is evil. Yes. Man, come on. All right, Snape good. Arguments for Snape being good. He killed Dumbledore. A few no. of them. Well, 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 let's go way back. In the, in a, we first meet Mr. Snape. He's this creepy-looking guy, slimy hair. That's, every, everything we've heard of him is just, you know, bad, bad, negative guy. We thought he was the dude... Who had uh, who was doing all the trouble in Sorcerer's Stone? We thought yeah. he was a bad guy all along for a while, and everybody thought so except Hermione. Hermione's like, well, maybe you know, maybe not. Maybe he's all right. And you know, Hagrid says, 
that, you know, he's all right, he's okay. But from the very get-go, we're, we're really uneasy about this guy. And throughout the rest of the books, we start to even get more confused. <laughs> because, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the one character that she has, has flipped back and forth more times than any character, maybe in any set of books Ever. In yeah. every book, we're wondering, is he good, is he bad? Is he good, is he bad? One character thinks he's good, one character thinks he's bad. Hermione has always maintained that he's good, he's good, he's good. He's a Hogwarts teacher. A Hogwarts yep. teacher wouldn't do anything like that. But as we get you know closer and closer he, to, to number six here, he starts getting a little darker. We find out he was a Death Eater, but still we're holding out hope. Finally, Dumbledore says, I trust Severus Snape. I mean, is there any other argument than that? I trust Severus yeah. Snape. It's pretty good. It's just uh, Dumbledore's word is a tricky thing to go by because this is also the Dumbledore that you know thought Mad Eye was who he said he was in Goblet of Fire. Yes. Well, well, ignorant doesn't mean wrong. It's true. Ignorant just but means ignorant. Ignorance would be a pretty, you know, pretty big thing to happen with with Snape to be ignorant of whether or not. Well, I don't, you know, we've talked about this to death on Pottercast. Yes. I would really, I'm really sort of more interested in hearing why you guys think. He, if you start to say why he's bad, no cookies for you. Yes. Okay. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm from Chesterfield. Stand up. And, okay. Well, <laughs> well, one reason is when they go to the astronomy chow- tower, and Severus Snape comes, and you know, and Dumbledore's extremely weak, and you know, and he's ready to kill him. Dumbledore says, "Severus, please." And I just think that is extremely out of character of him to beg for his life. Right. And he would say something like, "Do as you must, if you D- must." Yeah. Does Dumbledore ever beg, much less for his life? Yeah. Or is he begging for Severus to do what they agreed to do? I don't suppose there's anybody here who hasn't read the ending of Half-Blood Prince, is there? Because that'd be really bad. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to ruin anything. Yeah. You're at the wrong show, if so. Yeah. You haven't read the ending? Oh, you have? Okay. Because if you haven't read the ending, you're best to go get a pretzel or something for a while, because we're going to be talking about this. Okay, where's the mic going next? We're going to be all share-like, Hufflepuff-like in the audience. We're sorry, by the way, that Sue couldn't come. She had to go home, but she'll be back after this show, obviously. No, Sue's going to apparate in. Oh, what's, what's your name? Ariana. I'm from Oklahoma City. Oh. Okay. Don't be shy. I think that Dumbledore and Snape did the unbreakable vowel uh, that... Uh, Snape would kill Dumbledore so they could protect Draco from Voldemort. That's pretty Thank good, you. the Unbreakable Vow theory. theory. Unbreakable Vow. I, I always like that theory um, because, well, for no other reason than that, when, you know, how many Unbreakable Vows are we aware of right now? Just, Just one. The one. So how often does Joe introduce something so big as something like an Unbreakable Vow and only use it once? I think there's another Unbreakable Vow out there somewhere. And who better to have it than Snape and Dumbledore? Especially when Dumbledore is so cagey all the time about why he trusts Snape. Maybe he wouldn't want to admit the fact that he had him do the vow because he thought people would think poorly upon him, like Melissa here would probably think poorly upon him for doing the the vow. (laughs) 
Boo. I don't I don't like I no offense at all. It's not my cup of tea, the theory. I'm probably wrong, they probably did it. But I just feel like Dumbledore um doesn't base his trust on magic. I think he's looking to somebody's character and if he says I trust Severus Snape, it's not because he made an unbreakable vow. You have to trust somebody for more than that which for which you made the unbreakable vow. You have to trust them like say their unbreakable vow was for, you know, I will kill you if you ask me to. What a great unbreakable vow. Sure. Um, you know? <laughs> But if you trust a person, if you actually wholly trust a person, it's not just for that thing. No. So if you had to bind them to it with magic, how much do you trust them? You know? Well, and even then, you can only trust them for that specific thing. Yeah. The rest of it... I, would, I, I mean, I would think that the vow was more of like an insurance policy and that he did trust him and he trusted his story. But, I mean, you're going to put just the guy's word on saying that I'm not a death eater anymore, I'm a really a good guy, and give him a job with a school full of children and that i mean that choice to bring him into that school is accepting the responsibility for anything that that man will do there so i i don't think dumbledore and all of his admitting that he is you know fallible to 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 just you know say that the death theater is telling the truth now and not put any kind of insurance behind it is a little foolhardy in all fairness though with that logic you know there are other teachers who have done a lot worse to harry who dumbledore let into the school so if if the logic is that he accepts the he accepts the 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 you know the but who responsibility. did he let the school knowingly that was Umbridge Snape. Well, no. What what did she what did she was she a Death Eater? Umbridge, right? She's a ministry official, and he was she was. I get it, upon but he him. still let her into the school. So why not say, sure, I let her into the school. She has to make an unbreakable vow not to hurt my students. But she was, you know, she wasn't a Death Eater or anything. She had no previous history of hurting, sh- killing people. Her previous history of vicious actions towards half breeds, of 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 you know everything else that she's. I mean, she's not. She didn't come out of nowhere. We know her history. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that like it's not. It's just I just I just feel it's not Dumbledore to do. Let's move on. Hi, I'm Carlos from St. Louis. Hello, Carlos. Uh, Before we start, may I be so bold as to speak for all of us and to say a sincere thank you to you, the transcription elves, the editors, the web gurus, and everybody else who has put in such an enormous amount of time and effort to maintain and create the site to give Potter fans everywhere a community. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for remembering our elves and our and our yes, editors. Yes, we don't and, thank and them everyone. nearly enough. Because you know it's impossible to thank those people enough. And Do we, we have don't... any elves out here today? We usually run into. We've a few. had a few elves almost at every show. Leaky staffers. It's strange. No, seriously, because seriously, because we have so many leaky staffers, but we all know them by our online names. So we'll yeah. get to a show, and afterwards, I'm gonna go up and go, "Oh, hi, I work for you. Oh, nice to meet you." You know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's crazy. So thank you very much. Okay, we've seen that magic can affect memories. It can remove them, it can hide them, and in the case of Slughorn, alter them poorly. Suppose, though, that someone was capable of undetectably altering memories. For example, Dumbledore, when learning that Snape was going to go back as a spy, he's an accomplished occlumens. However, would not Voldemort become more suspicious the longer that Snape's mind was closed? So, is it possible Dumbledore could have altered Snape's memories to allow him to get into Voldemort's inner circle, and that ties into why he trusts him? Ooh. Well, we can pull the memory out, and we're just, at, we're just talking about that. If you t- remove a memory, like when Snape removes his worst memory, and it's in the pensive, does Snape have any recollection of that memory at that time? 
We're not really sure. I mean, we know that he remembers the, the, the action of putting the memory into the pensive so he knows to pull it back. But do you think he remembers what he's pulling back and what, what I mean, how much of the memory are you taking? It's, it's very tricky. So I guess if you could pull out a whole memory or a string of memories, alter them and put in an altered memory back, I don't, I mean, I, theoretically you'd think it's possible, but you have to be somebody as powerful as Dumbledore to do yeah. it well. I think maybe, though, the idea that Snape was an accomplished Occlumens is really important as to why he can, he's one of the only people who can stand up to the Dark Lord's scrutiny and make it out. So it's yet more evidence that he's hiding things from the Dark Lord and not the opposite way around. I think maybe, I mean, yeah, that's totally possible, but him being an accomplished Occlumens, I think, was sort of set up to tell us that that's how he's getting through it. Yeah. That's how he's getting through Voldemort's little mind scans when you walk in the door. You think Voldemort knows when somebody as good as Snape even has words up? Because you wouldn't think Voldemort would accept that from his Death Eaters. Voldemort would be like, heck no, show me what you're thinking this instant or I'm going to crucify you. Maybe Snape is that good. Because Snape, if I remember correctly from Snape describing the process, it's more than just putting up a wall. It's bringing forward redundant, or not redundant, but just useless memories for Voldemort to look at to distract him, to think that he's looking at what he's actually thinking of, but in reality he's just looking at exactly what Snape wants him to look at. Think about the effort that that must take. The effort that must really take to... Completely engage your whole mind and body in fooling him, and knowing it's so, it's so important, it's so crucial. Because if you make a, a single misstep while he's yeah. looking your way, it's your toast, and you've endangered the whole world. So you know, wow. With all the wow, emotions Snape. you have in your head, like fear and anxiety and being nervous, and to not falter once. Right. Exactly. It's, Why do you think you're so crabby all the time? Exactly. Yeah, sure. I'd be crabby if I was if I was ever a Snape. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He needs a good vacation. I just got to say, style points. They're sitting on the bed in Sears. <laughs> That's probably the most comfortable spot Very nice. in the podcast Well done. Ever. Well played. Okay. Hi. Oh, hello. I'm, I'm Amy from Oklahoma City. Hi, Amy. I think the re- you were saying earlier about how it's like a dichotomy because you think he's good and they, it just keeps on flip-flopping. You said more than any book in history earlier. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why we assume that is because... We see things through Harry's prejudiced eyes almost all the time. So when we're seeing things in Harry's mind and through Harry's eyes and stuff, we think Snape is bad. We think Snape is evil. We have all this built-up prejudice, especially after he finds out his dad and the Marauders and all that kind of stuff. We see all through all those prejudices. Anytime we see Snape through somebody else's point of view, like at the end of book one, and it goes, oh, it wasn't Snape, it was me. You know, Snape was trying to save you. So every time we see it through some other point of view, it's like, oh, he was doing something good there. Oh, he was helping here. Oh, he was doing a good thing there. Yeah. We just assumed it was bad because we were th- seeing it through Harry's eyes. Except for the beginning of book six. Well, yeah, Spinner's End, he's a whole That's different true. Snape. However, if you, if you think that he's doing that to help Dumbledore, and, you know, if he's doing that to help the Order in some way, or to appear that he's not helping the Order in some way, to appear like he's helping the Death Eaters and stuff like that. I think it is interesting, though, what, what, she, what she's saying is that the times that we're reading Snape's character without Harry's, you know, filter, he's such a different character in Spinner's End. I, he's like, my my favorite Snape yeah. moments are in Spinner's End, because yeah. he's, he's sitting like I am now. He's got a glass of wine, and he's <laughs> kind of amused at the whole situation, you know? He's just thinking, this is just ridiculous with Bellatrix in here. So, 
sort of like Count Dracula or something, is, you know? Yeah. You know, I can, he's just like suave, king of darkness kind of thing. I, I like cannot it. wait to see that scene. Alan Rickman? The it's going to be chopped to bits. To see Alan Rickman do that. It's going to be chopped to bits. It's going to be like three seconds long, I guarantee it. But no, yeah. no, they yeah. better not. Oh, I have to say, just because this is a fun little theory that I, for some reason, haven't heard until this week about Spinner's End with Snape and what Wormtail's deal was there. You know, I, I read that and I figured, oh, that's weird. I guess Voldemort thought Snape needed help with his dinner and stuff. But there's lots of theories that think that Voldemort didn't really trust Snape and that Wormtail was just there to report back on what Snape was up to. Yeah. I guess everybody knew, knew about that but me because I feel kind of dumb about that. Maybe now. that's how Voldemort, will, how Wormtail will repay his debt. He has, he, he recognizes what Snape is up to, like something, he's privy to something and doesn't report it and, you know, is obviously yeah. eventually killed, but. Because we need him. I, I would like him to die. Yeah. I mean, how would you I feel? about you guys. How would you feel if you were Wormtail and you saw this? The slimy git of a kid that everybody hated at school being the one that was the most loyal to Harry a- after all and being the guy who was supposed to be the friend and the one oh, that ratted man. him out. Oh, man. Good Lord. He's got he to, should do something he? to prove that he was in Gryffindor. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's another canon conundrum. Jeez. I know. Well, who knows if the Sorting Hat said that Wormtail, oh, Wormtail, you should be in Slytherin, you should be in Hufflepuff, and Wormtail's begging to be in Gryffindor like Harry did because he met the kids on the train. I remember what Joe said about the Sorting Hat, is that when it's on somebody else's head, it's never wrong. So it seems, I said to her, so that means it's pr- when it's on somebody else's head, it's that person's own mind. And she said yes. So if he, you know, if, he, if you want to be in Gryffindor, you're going to be in Gryffindor. Who's that? Hello. Hi, I'm Carolyn from Chesterfield. Hi. And... I think Snape is good because he's always helping Harry and even though he acts like he's evil sometimes he can uh, really end up good in the end definitely yeah totally that's going to be the interesting thing once this book comes out everybody's reading this in a way that nobody will ever be able to read it again who hasn't picked up the book yet is that they get to sit and wonder after every book. But once this book comes out, if you want to, you could read the whole story, start the end, all the, at once. The last time you can get together with, oh, 300 of your closest friends. And, exactly. And, you know, and discuss Potter like this. It's nice. Yeah. Oh. Sadness. Hi, I'm Katie, and I'm from Meridosha, but I'm here part-time with my mom. And Hi. I have a theory. It's been said that Snape was in love with Lily, and I think that's true. I, a lot of people, a lot of like Dumbledore said he wanted it to even out the score with James, but I think he was help. He's helping Harry because he's in love with Lily and he's doing it for Lily, kind of. Because mm-hmm. I think he loved her and she died and that wasn't good. So much, <laughs> so much to know about Lily. We know so little now. Yeah. Joe yeah. said that Lily's popularity was going to be an important factor. That's relevant. And that's cool. It'd be, that it'd be relevant. Also, that we'd find out something huge about her in book seven. Definitely. So, yeah. All the it boys like Lily. Lily. Lily's eyes. My boy has Lily eyes. Lily's eyes. Uh, one more, and then we're moving on. So, yep. I get a good one. Hi. Um, Hello. Hi. Hi. I, I don't know if you've heard this theory before, um, but going on the idea that Snape is good. And the idea that he did cast, in fact, Avada Kedavra, I thought that would be like a block to the idea that he's good, because as Bellatrix explains it, you have to have absolute hatred. So the effects that Avada Kedavra, that he cast, seem different than before, in that it moves um, the target of Avada Kedavra. But, <laughs> sorry. Because Cedric didn't, you know, jump back, or he just basically fell dead, if, if 
um, I'm correcting this, whereas Dumbledore actually flew back in the air and then fell from the tower. So I believe they focus so much on how Snape is very, very good at unspoken spells, perhaps to the point where he could cast a spell, say the name of another spell, but be casting a different spell that would have the effect of moving Dumbledore's body, and so it was not maybe, in fact, Devada Kedavra that killed Dumbledore, but something else. Well, here's my question. Does it matter? I mean, I don't mean to be, like, dismissive at all, but... I think it's very I mean, interesting. It, it though, is interesting, that, but that is did he happened. die? I mean, he's dead. Well, right. Especially because it, it, it talks about, you know, why Dumbledore needed the die or thought he had the die or was going to die all along in the first place. And someone came up with the theory... Again, just because when I hear a theory one day doesn't mean it's brand new, of course, but they said Snape talking about in first year about how he can even put a stopper in death. And they said, well, what if, you know, Dumbledore made this big mistake when he was hunting that Horcrux that, you know, killed his hand and he was dying and Snape was the one that, that you know, basically saved him. Did Snape just stop it? Did he stop the death that was going to happen and at that moment on that tower do something to cancel it? Because it wouldn't last, you know, in- infinitely. Is that, is that spell he's doing canceling it and doing it in front of Death Eaters to do serve the purpose that they wanted to, to keep him in Voldemort's inner circle and to help the Order and all that? I sort of feel like, as good as you are... It- Wandless magic, they say you can only really do it with some things. How can you not do an Avada Kedavra when you say it? I mean, this is no ordinary spell. This is a, this is the yeah. spell. And so, I mean, there's a couple of theories out there that Dumbledore was just so magical that that's why it had a different reaction. He was so full of power. But again, she makes a very clear point to say what Avada Kedavra does. You just drop, you're dead on the spot. Exactly. Why Dumbledore was blasted into the air. Maybe it was just the sheer power of, of Snape. Maybe Steve Clovis wrote that chapter. Maybe Steve Clovis wrote that chapter. Don't they go flying. In, they, they go flying in the air in the movies all the time. If all the time. Every Expelliarmus sends you flying. Stupefy sends you flying. Well, I thought it everything really makes you go flying in there. Silly me. I should just say Flipendo and get it over with. Speaking of spells, yeah, I think it's oh. time. Yes. for a little game. Games are fun. Maybe everybody knows the game. You know what's funny is that I think the most the last podcast to go up was San Francisco, and on oh that gosh, one we didn't play the game. So everybody's like, "Oh my god, are we going to play the game, or is it impressions?" We're like, "Oh, yeah, you'll find out." So we need two volunteers. Oh, Snape! Snape wants to play. Snape! Snape! Okay. Um, oh, these two little Gryffindors right here are killing me. Come up. One's in Quidditch gear and one's in school gear. You're so teeny, we're going to put you up here. They dyed their hair red so they can be the Weasleys. Oh, my gosh. Hi. How are you? This one's for you. And this one's for you. And Johnson's going to play the game. All righty. All right. This is a pretty fun game. If anybody else knows how to play, this is for everybody who does not know how to play yet. All we have to do is I'm going to name a category of things from the Harry Potter books, like people's names, um, things, places, candy, stuff like that. And you have to name as many of them as you can think of back and forth. But you cannot say something that your, um, you know, your brother or sister has already said. So it has to be different every time. So if I say your category is going to be students, kids who go to school at Hogwarts. So you have to name as many students' names as you can think of. Okay? You got it? Okay, what are your names where are you from? Uh, I'm Ariana. I'm from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. 
I'm sitting in from Oklahoma, too. Oklahoma, oh my goodness. All right, that's a distance, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. And which character are you? I'm George. George, and you are? Ron. Ron, okay. Aw. So, students at Hogwarts, you start, Ron. Um, Harry, Ron, Fred, George. Crab, Goyle, Malfoy, Hermione, um, Padma Seal, Luna, no cheating, <laughs> even when they're cute, I know, <laughs> no, Who did Harry kiss? <laughs> I skipped that part. It was wrong. Ew. Well, very good job, both of you guys. You did an excellent job. Very good job. Both of you both Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That was so cute. He's like, I didn't read that part with the kissing. Okay. All right, so everybody got the idea? All right, who wants to play? Ah, always more hands. Oh, everybody wants to play. Okay. I don't know why I always go to the Hufflepuffs, but they just amuse me, so. Oh, no. Let's bring up some Hufflepuffs. Not many people drop their hands. Okay. St. Louis, full of Hufflepuffs. Um, about uh, the girl in the hat and the Hogwarts shirt back here. All right. Give us your names and uh, whereabouts you're from. My name is Megan Burner, and I'm from St. Peter's. My name's Josiah Zimmer, and I'm from Warrington, Missouri. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, Can I sit on your stage? What? Can I sit down on your stage? That'd be sad. (laughs) Okay, Um, the category for you guys, let me think of a fun one here. I just thought of this one actually a second ago, and it might not be very easy. might not be very hard either. Six or seven. <laughs> okay. Let's let's try. Let's just just for fun. Let's try names of pets. Crookshanks. Scabbers. Or owls. Hedwig. The serious count because he plays a dog. <laughs> I, audience, do we allow serious? Try somebody else. Mm. Pigwigeon. Earl, like the Weasley South. Mm-hmm. Earl, yes. I can think of one more. I got two more. <laughs> I got two more in here. Oh, I can think of two more. At any time. At, yeah. At any time. At any time. Oh, four more. Did they ever name? Uh, what didn't they name that that pygmy pup Arnold? Yeah, the one. <laughs> Very good. Does Buckbeak count? Buckbeak, I think. Buckbeak absolutely counts. Uh, I think Arnold was my best, like... <laughs> it was your ace. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I can't think of anybody else who had pets. Well, 
There's a few uh, in Boca. <laughs> all right, awesome work, though, you guys. Very good. Does the audience know anymore? Hermes. Fluffy. Fluffy Trevor Scabbers. Trevor. Norbert. Who? Norbert, sure. Who else? We said, said Fox. Fox. Who? Fang, Hagrid's Fang. dog, of course. There's a lot okay, of well, them. there's a few of those, I guess. Mrs. Norris, Mrs. Norris. sure. What? Nagini. Nagini. Nagini is certainly a pet. Aragog. Oh my gosh, there's Whoa, loads, there's there's loads tons of, pets. of pets. Who thought? We okay. just thought I was going to do pets. Awesome. Um, one more? Uh, yeah, let's bring up some more people here. Okay. Uh, now we need Gryffindors versus Slytherins. Yeah. Gryffindors. Well, we, you know what? We did Gryffindors, we did Hufflepuffs. How about some Slytherins right now? Slytherins? You, you were a Gryffindor a second ago. Hey. Okay, come on. Okay. We need one little guy on each side. Yep. Move back, John. Okay, you guys are on a team because this is a pretty big one. This is spells, jinxes, or curses. You can say the spell or the name of the spell. However way you know it, you just can't use both of them. And you guys talk to each other before your answer, so you make sure that you don't repeat or any of that kind of stuff. And uh, you guys over here can go first. Uh, Wingardium Leviosa. Level Corpus. Flipendo. Expelliarmus. Crucio. Benite Incantatum. Avada Kedavra. Crucio. They said that over here? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. As, as, they said Crucio. Oh, they, they went over here. I'm sorry. Thank you. That's awesome. Are you sure they said Crucio? I'm sure she said Crucio. Yeah? They're like, yeah. Okay. okay. Thanks, guys. Well. Do we have time for one more, do you think? One more? One more? Who wants to do one, one more? more? Okay. This one's kind of tough, too. Kind of tough one. How so. about um, two of our adults in the crowd? Why don't we put somebody else on that side? Come on, you guys. That's not what I said. <laughs> One more adult here. Yeah, come on up. Here you go. Teams of two. Good work. All righty. This will be, be fun. This is kind of hard. But there are many, many characters in the books whose first names and last names begin with the same letter. Whoa. Just start thinking of them, and they'll come to you. There's at least a dozen. So we will start. We will start on the right. Okay, we'll go with Severus Snape. Severus Snape. Salazar Slytherin. Salazar Slytherin. Rowena Ravenclaw. Helga Hufflepuff. Godric Gryffindor. Now we start thinking. Minerva McGonagall. Luna Lovegood. Say it again in the mic. Luna, Luna Lovegood. Okay. Colin Creevy. Peter Pettigrew. There you go. Peter Pettigrew. You could try Bellatrix Black. Using yes, that works. Name. We've heard that before. Her maiden name. Raise your hand if you guys know any, but don't yell it. Okay, so at least we know there are more. Uh, 
<laughs> Parvati Patil. There's one. Okay, Padma Patil. There you go. <laughs> Gregory Goyle. Gregory Goyle. Dudley Dursley. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Phileas Flitwick. There you go. Very <laughs> good. Goblin grip hook doesn't count. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Juan Juan Weasley? No. Yeah, it doesn't work. How about Wendell and the Weird? Okay. Chang. There's a big one. How many of you still know some? Oh, gosh. I've got a few. I know there's so many names. Nobody's loaded up the HP lexicon on their cell phones, are they? <laughs> That's no fair. We start the clock. Yeah. Gotta start the clock at 10. Nine, Excellent work. Excellent work, you guys. Thank you. That's a pretty tough category. Oh, I have two. But now, hey, big points to her for wearing an old, old school leaky T-shirt. Yes, that's like a five-year-old leaky T-shirt. That's awesome. Uh, um, for fun, who is one of the Dudley's friends that has one of these names? <laughs> Author of a history for magic, a history of magic, but filled a bag shot. Poppy Pomfrey. Poppy Pomfrey. Dudley's Diggle. Dudley's Diggle. What? Pansy Parkinson. Pansy Parkinson. Sure. What? Gladys Gudgeon, who? Bodrick Bode. Bodrick Bode, okay. We did the twins, we did the Patil twins. Patil twins, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Eye Moody, Moody. his fun one. You know? What's his real name? Well, his name is Alastair. Alistair. Nearly Headless Nick. Well, at least we know there's a quite a few of them for next time. Okay, so this is our favorite part of the show. It is when you get to share your thoughts, theories, questions. You get to say what you want, discuss, anything about the book. So, yes, so what we're going to do, I'm going to take my cool little wired one yeah. back, and we're going to make a line up over here right on there. my left. Usually we lose half the audience to the yes. line. It's fun. The last three days in which this is possible right here. I know. I know. You taken yes. the quiz? We've cu- we're cutting off the quiz from when the spoilers started. We're, if if you if you've taken our, you can't do it anymore. If you've taken our book seven quiz, who's taking Leaky's book seven quiz? Very awesome. nice. Awesome, you guys are all in the know. This why <laughs> I didn't get to think of any, but I just made the pretty pictures. Yeah. So okay. So we'll have some prizes for you. There's our first question here from, what's your name and where are you from? My name is Michelle. I'm from St. Louis. Okay. Um, All right, Michelle from St. Louis. Well, one small quick comment, because we were talking about Snape earlier, is that I have the same birthday as Snape. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, I have a weird theory about, uh, well, I don't think it's weird. I think it's come come away from the speaker, but I think it's the thing that makes the most... Bring Sense. the mic up to your mouth. Oh, yeah, there you okay. 
Um, I posted this on the lounge like last year, and I got like one or two responses to it. Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> well, hopefully, but you anyway, get more today. Um, just uh, a little thought about Aunt Petunia. I don't know why I keep thinking about this thought about Aunt Petunia, but for a long time, I've thought that um, the thing that makes the most sense to me about her is that, um, and it also goes with what Joe said about uh, she's not a squib, but that's a good guess. Yeah. Is that. Um, Maybe she's like a year younger than Lily, and Lily got it. And when, when Lily got into Hogwarts, she was kind of expecting to get into Hogwarts, but didn't. And then so she was kind of made bitter by that, and by saying that that being a, she would have felt like a squib because right. if somebody is a squib, then you know a lot of times they grow up like Filch. You know they expect to have magic, but then they don't have it, and their lives are crushed. And I was figure, figuring <laughs> that that was what. Wow, I am nervous. Okay, it's all right. I'm not like, I mean, anyway, I was figuring that that was how Aunt Petunia might feel, and that I was thinking that maybe she even wrote a letter to Dumbledore asking, you know, if there was some kind of mistake. And so that would be the letters that they wrote to each other. Uh, okay, that's how they started so talking. That, that was my thought. So you think that Lily. That Petunia is bitter sorry, because Petunia. she really wanted to be a witch yes. and yeah. really thought okay. she was going to be one, but then had her hopes dashed and descended into bitterness, and she became the Petunia we all know and don't really like very much. Don't really like very <laughs> yeah. much, yeah. That sounds pretty good to me, yeah. There's got to be some reason Petunia is always so bitter about Lily. It would make sense. That, I mean, who, would, who wouldn't want to be magical? Who yeah. wouldn't want to be able to clean the kitchen and cook maybe with Petunia, a wand? Maybe Petunia was adopted. Uh, I would do it. Because I'm stuck on that she's, she's not a squid, but that's a good guess. And Joe has also said that Petunia will never do magic. So it's not that she is a witch, you know, and she's just suppressed it. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe she was in an accident that drove the magic from her when she was young. Maybe, you know, maybe, I, I, I don't know. My name is Sarah from Warrington, Missouri, and I have a question about the locket. What do you find inside a normal locket is a picture? And I'm wondering, could there be a portrait in a locket? Ooh. A portable portrait could of the Slytherin? Of who? Portrait. I don't know. Who of could it be? be? You mean like a talking portrait? Yeah, yeah, like a magical portrait in a locket. Because mm. why would a guy have a locket? That's true, you know? Maybe, like, his girlfriend gave it to him or yeah, something. Would, but wouldn't yeah, it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? Locket. No, be lockets hilarious. are for pictures, yeah. right? Why would Slytherin have a locket? That's that would be really... a hilarious So what twist. if the locket John... has a picture? Yeah, well, John was asking today in the car why Slytherin put the Chamber of Secrets in the girls' bathroom. Yeah, why the Salazar. girls' bathroom? Good point. Is there something we don't know about Salazar? Every time we had to go to it, right. Yeah, is it, well, his name used to be Salazarina or something. <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. But, um, it's a whole different book. That would be kind of nuts. Well, thank you, yeah, Sarah. It's, it's good. Definitely. I'm on. Hello. Hi. Uh, my name is Adam Bowen, from, and I'm from Springfield, Missouri. Uh, mine, uh, there's, a co- there's a couple different things. Uh, well, they, they all end up being the same thing, so it's all good. Um, uh, first of all, in the sixth book, we uh, we know from the memory that uh, Dumbledore shows Harry that, um, or we maybe not necessarily know 100%, but we suspect that Voldemort is the one who has cursed the job for Defense Against the Dark Arts since, D- D- since Dumbledore refused Voldemort the job. The second part of 
of what I'm saying is uh, we know that from the prophecy that the prophecy could have just as well gone for Neville Longbottom rather than Harry Potter. Right. But um, Voldemort thought of Harry Potter and he didn't really even consider Neville Longbottom. And a thought I had would be uh, James Potter was born into sort of a wealthy family and it's possible that he didn't really need all that much money. Although we don't know how much... um, uh, uh, Something that I think is possible is that he was Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher at the, the year that, um, that he was killed. And, um, and so that, that's, that's the way that um, the Potters defied Voldemort, that um, angered Voldemort even more than anything that the Longbottoms could have done. And my, my, my sister gave, a, um, gave sort of an addendum to it where the, uh, perhaps something that angered Voldemort even more was that uh, James somehow held on to his job longer than the year since he was killed in October so he would have been a uh, defense against a dark arts teacher for a year and two months which which hmm. would which could have possibly defied um Voldemort's uh, uh jinx in a way I, that would be yeah I'm, I don't know I, I mean I sort of always had the idea of James and Lily that they didn't do anything else than try and kill yeah. Voldemort you know what I mean yeah um plus James is really young and at the time the position they probably were just realizing that the position was cursed and we're yeah. just like hey we're we're starting to they probably were not as low on teachers so i don't know that they would mm. hire somebody mm. who's 20 or so yeah but it's interesting I don't but it, it is it is mentioned i i forget who says it but um that James hated nothing more than the dark arts right certainly it's true so absolutely um, it's a possibility there's a lot of a lot of uh, spots in the ministry that would open up for him too is yeah, I, totally. I like the idea of maybe them being unspeakables. Um, that'd oh, yeah. be a fun job for them to have. It makes me wonder about that curse, though. I mean, what's, what would happen? You know, I mean, look at... I always wonder about Lupin, because he was in there, and if it wasn't for Snape, you know, exposing that Lupin was a werewolf to the whole school and all the parents finding out and all that stuff, what reason would Lupin have to not stay on as a teacher? So I wonder if Snape was aware of the curse on the position and was aware that if something doesn't happen to get him out of it, Lupin could be in danger of succumbing to something of this curse. Here's my question. Did Voldemort curse it? We're never told that. She's always very careful to say, from that year it was cursed. We don't know that Voldemort. What if Snape did it? Because certainly we don't know of like a jinx that curses a job. Right. I think it it might be something where he could, um, Voldemort could have such hatred for anyone who occupies that position that the the mere uh, like his own power and his hatred for anyone who's in that somehow um, can force it without necessary necessarily like him doing incantations and yeah. boiling yeah. cauldrons and stuff like that. <laughs> cool. Well, totally. Thank you. It's good stuff. I'm Emily Bowen from Springfield, Missouri, and I have notes so I won't forget. Now this is something Ravenclaw. that I read somewhere, but um, I kind of <laughs> I kind of tweaked it a little and okay. you know made it my own. So. Um, in Half-Blood Prince, we find out that Lily was exceptionally good at potions and that she even rivaled Snape at potions because Slughorn says something like basically gave Snape a run for his money. So I wonder if, ha- if the Half-Blood Prince's book, which we know was Snape's book, if it was a collaboration between Snape and Lily and they worked together on it and that perhaps they were potions partners because we find out in the fifth book that there obviously was some sort of friendship between Snape and Lily because Lily goes to his defense when James is attacking him or, you know, 
um, embarrassing him in front of everybody. And so, um, and then out of his anger that, oh, uh, James used Levi Corpus, which was one of Snape's spells. And so possibly he was angry with Lily because that he thought Lily told James about that spell. But also, I think, so when he called her a mudblood, it could have been because he thought Lily told James about the spell or just because he was embarrassed that his friend, who, yeah. I don't, I mean, maybe he had feelings for her. Everyone seemed to love Lily, so, um, but that would play into why he called her a mudblood. But then my brother added that what if the reason it's Snape's worst memory isn't because he was embarrassed in front of the whole school, but it was because he called Lily a mudblood and their friendship ended that day. And so that's yeah. why it's his worst memory. And that's why he, and he lost all contact with Lily after that point. And he never mentions Lily. He does, I mean, Lily never he crosses never his lips. Lily. Uh-uh. And so we wonder if that's why it's Snape's worst memory. I, I sort of feel so. the same way, that it's not because he was embarrassed by those idiots. It's because... It's because uh, he called he called her mud blood, yeah, and their relationship was you know was marred or or and it's interesting that you note that um, Snape, James used Leva Corpus, which again showed that him and Lily were at least friends at some point because how did he get the Leva Corpus spell? No, no, but you know what? Remus says that it that it was in vogue. It be, it it became fashionable to do that to people, which is nice. Yeah. Well, didn't uh, didn't they also say that the handwriting in the Half Blood Prince book looked like it was different at some point? Yeah, like a girl. Maybe even by a girl. And tight and cramped. They, they kind of laughed that off, like, "Yeah, right." Yeah. You know, it's his Prince. Which is a great a great common. Whenever they laugh something off, it's like, mm, "You shouldn't have done that." Yeah. Okay. Hi, I'm Jen from Edwardsville, Illinois. Um, my theory, I just kind of made up when I was talking to them earlier. Um, it's about the Sorting Hat in the UK cover. Um, oh, we were talking about how... Um, the Sorting Hat on the UK cover? No, not on the UK cover. It's and, and the, U- the UK okay. cover. <laughs> we were talking about how in Chamber of Secrets he pulls the sword out of the hat, and I was like, well, that means the hat must have, like, be bottomless, like, you know, <laughs> or something like that. And then we were like, can it stretch? And I was like, I know. On the UK cover, they're going, they're in, they're in some sort of chamber with all this, you know, jewels and stuff like that. And there's armor, things like that. And they look like they're kind of being sucked back. So I'm like, what if they went into the sorting hat? Yeah. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> what if they're being sucked back out of the sorting hat? Out of the sorting hat, like the pencil. And I think that's actually, it seems like a pretty good theory when I was thinking about it. I'm like, wow. Man. <laughs> Magical world, so though. Funny. Anything that has an opening, you got to watch out. Because you never know where you're going. If you fall down, you could be falling down forever. You just have no idea. Yeah, it's, I mean, because oh, no one knows anything about the sorting hat. So it could be any number of things. I think that sounds really feasible. <laughs> That okay. would be hilariously cool. awesome. That would be great. All right, so that's We're my hat. I love that. Thank you. And God, you know, i got to say, though, again, about the darn Lily-Snape partnership thing. Slughorn was the one to give Harry the book, wasn't he? Yes, it was in the classroom. Slughorn couldn't have been oblivious to the fact that that book was covered in, in, in writing and stuff. Do you think he did that purposely because he liked Lily a lot as a student and he, wa- yeah. he wanted Harry to do well in his slug club and stuff. He, Maybe he did that as... Slugard totally would have mentioned, like, hey, this is this was your mother. It's well, funny. no, I mean... He would have mentioned he, he, that. He couldn't mention that and, and, and cl- be able to say he was oblivious to the fact that it was covered in ways to be better at potions that the no, other kids didn't. Oh, you know that it was written on, like a lot of books are written on. You don't know that that writing is going to be helpful. It was written on every single page. Yeah, you look but at he's one not page. in the habit of flipping. He knows there's a used book at the back. Give it to the kid who doesn't have a book. I give it. him more credit than that. I, I think don't. he knew it was Lily's book. He was holding on to it <laughs> because it was Lily's book. You really think Slughorn would have not said, to, to, in his fashion, wouldn't have said to Harry, oh, you're so much like your mother. This is her book. He totally would have no. said it. 
He wouldn't I have kept that from him, not Slughorn. He would have been so happy to have that information to give to Harry. You know, get him in closer with Harry. Hi, I'm, hi again. I'm Sarah from Chesterfield. And, well, I have two things. My first thing is, who do you think is going to be the next Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher? I think it's probably going to be a job share with Grubbly Plank and Dollish. Yes. But... Yes. <laughs> it would be brilliant. It would be brilliant. And my... Um, Very nice. And my, um, my bigger theory is, with Neville's parents being in St. Mungo's, and every time... And I guess it's the Order of the Phoenix where they go and they see Neville visiting his parents. Mm-hmm. And his mother hands him a gum wrapper or, or a piece of paper. And, her, and his grandmother's like, oh, you already have millions of those. You know, you don't need them. But he keeps it anyway. And on J.K. Rowling's website, there's gum wrappers everywhere. And I don't, you know, she never does anything for a coincidence. So I think possibly she's possibly maybe a secret keeper. And she's trying to tell something to Neville. I mean, what do you think about that? Sounds like that would be really awesome. Except, there's <laughs> always an except sometimes. <laughs> we were just rereading Melissa's interview here with Joe, and she talked about that. Do you want to tell the story? I mean, you were there. Well, we... <laughs> I mean, I, I remember it well because I just listened to it or, or read it anyway, but... Um, we um, asked her about this, yeah. and she said that it's just the mark. Of, it's a sad mark. It's actually one of the few stories in the books that come from something real because she had a similar story where somebody was had bad Alzheimer's and couldn't remember mm-hmm. but kept trying to... The, the, the sun kept coming with sweets, and she would take the wrappers and try and give them back to them. And they had, they, she barely knew who he was, but she recognized that he was a sweet giver, and so tried to communicate by giving back the wrappers. And it touched her so much that she put it in. But it's it's no, there's no secret messages or or anything like that. Though I do like the dollish grubby plank thing. That, that has merit. You know that can happen. If Trelawney can share the spot with friends, then no no reason we can't have a double. Defense oh, teacher, I no, love it. Encouraging John is always really high on my list. Yeah. What's that? He never takes it always. off. He showers in that thing. Ew. Well. <laughs> um, I'm Katie. I was here earlier. And I'm from St. Louis slash Meridosha. And I kind of had a theory about Lily's eyes. If they were mentioned and, like, its connection with, like, opals. Because... They can be, like, the same color or something. And in Order of the Phoenix, Harry was cleaning out the Sirius Black's house, the Noble House of Black, and he stumbles across a bottle that looks like it has blood in it, and it has an opal stopper. And in Half-Blood Prince, they say there's a chapter name, something in opals. Yeah, there's that opal Silver necklace opals. that's cursed. Opals seem to have a cursed yeah. feel about them. And if he has his mother's eyes... Maybe it has a power in him, like it has. It's a cursed stone, you say, and well, maybe he can use that without doing Avada Kedavra to defeat Voldemort. Because Avada Kedavra, to me, Harry couldn't really perform that because it seems like he's so. Well, he's not like pure of heart, but he's you know he's got he's good. He's all good. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, the opals opals seem like they're going to play some sort of role. Yeah, and it might Everything work. seems like it's going to play a role. How is she going to do this in one book? Yeah, it might no, work. Seriously. It might work on the forces of evil, too, depending on the opal-eyed dragon, kind of where he's at, what he's guarding. Maybe. he could have the same power or something. Yeah, yeah opal-eyed, totally. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I do agree that I don't think Harry will be able to do an AK. Yeah. 
I, I think it's, it's more than Voldemort telling him he has to mean it. I don't think he is magically capable of the AK. Um, my name's Laura. I'm from Fluorescent. Um, basically, what I wanted to talk about was just a theory as far as a Gryffindor Horcrux. Um, towards the end of Half-Blood Prince, we see Severus, um, Draco, and a blonde Death Eater running out the door of Hogwarts, but when Harry comes along, for some reason, the Gryffindor hourglass is broken, and there's rubies everywhere. I think that possibly in order to get a Gryffindor Horcrux, because everything else is so guarded, I'm sorry, everything else is so guarded in Dumbledore's office, he asked for some remnant of Gryffindor that would be, you know, it, it's more or less along symbolism as far as the books go. I think he would be planning to make a Horcrux out of one of the Gryffindor rubies. And on the children's book for the UK edition, we see an entire vault filled with rubies. All rubies, all over all the place. All rubies, yeah. no, no other, other stones. That would be an ideal place to hide it because as far as what I was looking at, um, it, it seems like either it's the whole uh, Hogwarts vault or it's just strictly Gryffindor's vault. Um, that would be an ideal place to hide something that would be, you know, one ruby out of, you know, thousands and thousands of rubies. Yeah, totally. I also had the thought, though, that it could be a switching spell with one of the original rubies from Godric's, Godric's sword. And I don't, I don't know the whole limitations to that. Well, it I, could be more than what we think. I would love it if Voldemort was smart enough to do, like, the one grain of sand on the beach as a Horcrux thing. But no, oh, he's yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to make a big pedestal and make it, like, Horcrux here. Yeah, totally. You know? But, yeah, I just wanted to point that out because yeah. I, I, many of her clues are just passing by. And yeah, that's one totally. thing that definitely stood well, out J.K. to me. J.K. Rowling's smart enough to yes. do that, but not Voldemort. And I just want to give a shout-out to Sue. I just oh, I was hoping that she would be here, so Ooh. squeak. <laughs> Sue! Squeaky Sue! My name's Andrew Gibbons from Missouri, St. Louis. And I was just wondering, if Voldemort can control Harry, why can't Harry control Voldemort's? I think he can. I think Harry could if he used that connection with them. Yeah, if he knew how. Probably possible. Probably possible if he, you know, was... If he knew enough about the connection, he might be able to use it the same way Voldemort could. Who knows? He might... I, one of my thoughts a while ago was that he would kill Voldemort through the mind connection. He would send so much of his... You know, love and emotions through that that thing that it would disable Voldemort to the point where he's weakened all the way to death. Maybe. Maybe he'll possess Voldemort, and that might and that would be you know if he possessed him back. He yeah. said, "All right, well that's it. I'm going to get into your soul now, and we'll see what happens." And Voldemort's soul just goes because he yeah. can't take it. Definitely. You know? Maybe. Well, I think we have time for one more. One just more. Just one more, and then we got a big liver die coming. Yeah. I'm so Thank sorry, you. guys. I know you've been waiting. It's just you know. Nice shirt. Thanks. This isn't even a good one. Uh, back to Snape. Sorry. Um, I'd just like to know why everybody assumes that we're going to find out whether Snape's good or bad. Oh, we better. We didn't oh we just say that God. last night how we're I... like, it's like, what if Snape is missing the entire book? They find the Horcruxes, they kill Voldemort, and then Snape walks up. He's like, where have you been? And then, and then he's Cuts all like, I don't know. 
And then they're like, so, what's going on? Are, are you, you know, are you with Who us or are you, you against us? And, and he's he like, hmm. And then the book's over. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the end. If that happens, we're all going to fly to Scotland. Yes. Bang <laughs> on the door. We're all going to march up to J.K. Toilet paper house. No, kidding. Kidding lawyers. We're not going to go to her house. No. But, um, <laughs> LOL. Um, no, she's, she's got to. She's the kind of writer. In every book, we get this huge closure. Yeah. Even while there's this huge story going on, she closes the mysteries of every yeah. book. Those mysteries. Yeah. yeah. It's like seven little mysteries inside this overarching one, and then they all work. So she, she knows. She's not, she's not a soprano. She's not a lemony snicket. <laughs> yeah. She's not, you know, thank goodness. I was so hoping. You want that? I think it'd be so cool no. to have her readers decide. Uh, no! Whether he's gonna bend. No! Oh, okay. We've had two okay. years to decide, and we are no better off than we were on July 16, 2005. Absolutely. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Awesome user questions. There's an off switch. Okay, so since this is the last couple days that we can ever do this, Yes. We're doing a big live or die in each city, which you probably haven't heard because they haven't been on the feed yet. So we're going to name some characters. You just shouted out, live or die. You ready? Mr. Harry Potter. <laughs> Ronald Weasley. <laughs> hey, hey. None of that here. <laughs> Hermione Granger. Okay. Uh, Jenny Weasley. I heard a couple of dies in there. That was not cool. Because <laughs> if Harry's going to live, you know. You know. All right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, we have another Fleur Delacour. <laughs> Got a bit of a who cares in there. Nobody cares. Um, Molly Weasley. Do you want her to live or do you think she's going to live? You want her to live. She'll live, maybe. Percy Weasley. Yeah. Luna Lovegood. I don't know. Um, Neville. Huh? Neville. Okay, Neville. I worry for Neville, just like I worry for Luna. Mm. He's got to beat Bellatrix, but then I still worry for him. Well, um, Bellatrix. Please. Ugh. Lucius. Um, Draco. Ooh, that was totally split. Wormtail. I what you were saying. Uh, Voldemort. Defeat it and die. Fox. <laughs> the best part was that we all fought for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Fox doesn't die on a on a burning day, does it? It just kind of sleeps. He bursts into ash and he's reborn. So he yeah. does sort of die. There's a pulse in that. He ash. dies. And if you AK him, he dies. Um. um Professor Sprout. <laughs> Whenever McGonagall. I help a Stumbledore. Just kidding. Um, uh, Grubbly okay. Plank. They're like, whatever. They're like, eh. Eh. Um, Hagrid. Hagrid. Whoa. That was intense. Uh, one more. One more. 
Uh, one more. Who do you guys else want to know? Remus Lupin. Yeah. Arthur no, Weasley. Yeah. Cornelius Fudge. Yeah. Rufus Scrimshaw. Yeah. Tonks. Yeah. One more. One more. Who do you have? Kingsley Shacklebolt. Oh God, Severus Snape. Snape. We keep saving him for the end, and we never remember to All say right, it. That's where we ended. St. Louis, thank you. You've been awesome. Thank you. Missed it. W3. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. 